Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Classified documents are also discovered at former Vice President Mike Pence's home. This is causing even more concerns over how the Justice Department is responding to the different cases. Joining us to discuss the latest developments, we had a chance to speak with South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be with you. Congressman, I have to ask you about these classified documents, the saga that we're seeing playing out. First President Trump, then Biden, now Mike Pence. How are you viewing all of this? Well, it's a two-tiered system of justice, one for Democrats, one for Republicans. You know, the amazing thing, Steve, they knew about these documents, the first batch of them, in November. They kept it quiet. Not one word from the DOJ, FBI, and, you know, to, to find not one, but now six, you know, how do you define documents? Is it a chest full? Is it one? Is it, um, you know, define it. The house, that you know, his private residence, he's got three of them. So are they going to, you know, search those? Uh, and you notice with President Trump, sirens, news cameras outside, not allowed to have his personal attorneys uh, review the documents that they uh, confiscated. And then with Biden, you've got the lawyers for Joe Biden going over the documents. That's a conflict of interest. And it's, uh, it just shows you the two-tiered system that should not exist. And, um, you know, Joe Biden was supposed to be the mature, the, he'd been in office 50 years. You would think he would know the rules on classified documents. You would think as VP he would know he couldn't declassify them. So uh, it's, uh, it's a miscarriage of justice, thankfully. They're finding them out now, and uh, we'll see where it leads. You, you raise a lot of interesting points, one of which, I mean, had the House not won the majority, um, Oversight Chairman um, uh, Comer wouldn't have been able to raise certain questions to bring this to the forefront. So how important is this going to be going forward now that you guys have the majority in Congress? Well, you know, all of the committees now have subpoena power. So you'll be seeing a, a, a steady stream of people from Mayorkas, uh, you know, to, to all the members that uh, have committed some type of crime, to be honest with you. And more than just, you know, having the hearings, we have, got, we have to have consequences. They can't just get off. And so the American people are tired of that. They've been through a Benghazi when Hillary Clinton had no consequences. And with this, with national security at risk, uh, it's, it's proper we get to, uh, to the bottom of it. And I've been on oversight for the last two years, and uh, last four years, and there hasn't been a meaningful hearing under Nancy Pelosi in this regime from day one. So it's a welcome relief. I want to ask you about another committee that you're, you're on. You've been appointed to the Rules Committee. Um, you've just uh, reintroduced or introduced a bill with uh, Senator Cruz to um, impose term limits. Tell us about this. Term limits has been talked about by the public for a long time. I've been a proponent back when I first got into politics in 2005 in the State House in South Carolina. Uh, my bill, and I'm thankful uh, Senator Cruz put the same bill up, three terms in the House, six years, two terms in the Senate, 12 years. And it goes concurrent with uh, those who are serving off in office. It's added additionally to whatever time they choose to serve, but six years and 12 years for, for the Senate. And it's time for an up or down vote. So that's one of the things that Speaker McCarthy promised and delivered on. 
to put on the board on the board on the house floor for a vote and I'm anxious to see where um, where people how they feel they've always said uh, most politicians have said they agree with term limits but then when it comes down to it they fight it we've got 45 co-sponsors now and adding to it so in the coming weeks you'll see it on the floor and I'm excited about it as a member of the Rules Committee, what else do you think needs to be changed in Congress? Well, the Rules Committee, I was excited to get on. I didn't know I was going on it, but uh, I joined Chip Roy, I joined Thomas Massey, the 13 members, nine conservatives, and the Rules Committee vets anything before it goes to the floor. Germaneness, uh, you know, single subject, which we got with, un with the understanding that McCarthy would support, and he has. But uh, we're going to drive a hard bargain. Uh, we're going to look at every bill before it comes to the floor. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's the starting point. Under Pelosi, it hadn't been in use. The ones that have been in use, it's just been a rubber stamp for what she says, what she dictated. So uh, it's going to be a busy committee. Uh, we, our first meeting starts this afternoon. And uh, I look forward to the, to the challenge. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much. My pleasure. Republican Congressman Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin is leading an effort to build normal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. He just introduced a bill in Congress that would officially end the one China policy. Under this policy, the U.S. ended formal relations with Taiwan in 1979. Congressman Tiffany agreed to speak with us exclusively today to discuss the bill. Congressman Tom Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Good to join you today, Steve. Congressman, you're introducing a bill to establish normal diplomatic relations between the United States and Taiwan. Tell us, what, what do normal diplomatic relations actually look like? Well, it should look like with um, dozens, if not hundreds, of countries around the world. Um, Taiwan has been put on the same footing since the Carter era as North Korea and other recalcitrant countries like that. Um, shouldn't they be treated? Taiwan, it's a democratic country. Since 1979, they've expanded their democracy and are truly a peace-loving, free country um, here on planet Earth, and I think they should be recognized as such. You know, it's fast. As somebody who's been to both countries, China and Taiwan, the differences are literally palpable. Uh, from, from the flags that they fly to the, to the type of government that they operate. So why do you think we've seen such a, a playing of, of, of words with, when it comes to uh, recognizing Taiwan? You know, I'm not sure why. Um, you're, what you said there really harks back to the trip that I made to Taiwan. And I noticed just at times the fear by some government officials towards mainland China, that really struck me. And it's informed me as we've went forward. And to me, this is why we need this bill. And it's good to see it's expanding in terms of the number of co-sponsorships. When we did it a couple years ago, it was me alone. And uh, now this year we're gonna have 18 original co-sponsors. And I think it's really, uh, there's more and more people in Congress that are understanding how important Taiwan is and how important that we recognize Taiwan and that we trade with Taiwan. And do you think that uh, what, maybe one lesson that we're learning with Ukraine or an example that we're seeing with Ukraine, the importance for members of Congress and, and, and government officials, elected officials, to show their support for Taiwan so that like you said, when you went there, you don't see the uh, the fear and trepidation from Taiwan officials 
over China. Support shows strength. When you look at the Ukraine, what were the two things that Vladimir Putin took from 2021? One, America is no longer going to be energy independent under President Biden, and then the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. They saw weakness. It is really important, and that's part of the reason we're introducing this bill, is to show strength, and I think Congress has a key role to play in that. And speaking of which, uh, Speaker McCarthy announced that he will be making a trip to Taiwan in the coming weeks or months. Uh, how important do you think that will be, that trip? Uh, uh, really, really good news. You know, in spite of uh, President Biden being really hesitant on this issue, including his foreign policy team. It was good that Speaker Pelosi made the trip to Taiwan, but I'm really heartened to hear that uh, Speaker McCarthy is going to make a trip to Taiwan, and I think this benefits um, this benefits Taiwan, but it also benefits America, and it once again it shows strength. And I think Congress um, really needs to do that in part because we have this vacuum at this point on the executive in the executive branch of showing that America is a strong country, and we need to project that because sometimes that keeps the bad guys or our adversaries at bay. Congressman, my last question for you: In Washington D.C., we obviously it's the capital of of the country. Uh, we also have a lot of think tanks here, and sometimes when you talk to so-called China experts, uh, they'll, they'll lecture you as to how we should not upset the Chinese uh, government. Um, how concerning is this? Well, you, you have to know who you're talking to out here in Washington, D.C., and find out what their agenda is. And our agenda in our office, and we try to make it clear to any think tanks, any lobbyists, is that we believe the one China policy needs to end, and we believe in a free, democratically run Taiwan, and we should recognize them as such. Congressman Tom Tiffany, thank you so much. It's good to join you, Steve. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.